This should be played at high volume. Vickers blocking his teammate. White flag this time. One to go. He's got to block two teammates to win it, though. Hello everyone and welcome here to the Pit Stop here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. I'm your host, James Wilson, and I've got a really special guest here, Tommy Neal. Quite, I mean, quite the Bowman Gray legend, if you ask me. Tommy, how you doing? Uh, pretty good, but how you doing? Oh, great, great. Uh, it's really excited to have you on the show here. And I guess we'll just jump right into it. And my first question for you is, how did you find an interest in racing? Uh, years ago, I used to go to the stadium. My, my older brother, he just take me mm-hmm. over there all the time. And then, uh, they used to have an auction down there on 311 there where, uh, Clifton said there where Jimmy Johnson was driving for, uh, Leon and, uh, mm-hmm. kept hearing the cars crank up back there. And I get back there and look and then, uh, got hanging out with him and then got with Ronnie and started racing some go-karts and then, uh, uh-huh. it just went crazy after that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of a surreal experience. You know, it, it always just feels like racing just starts from birth and you never really know how it got started but uh, a lot of people that's good that you have a story that you can actually pin it on yeah it's definitely uh, it's definitely a, a adrenaline rush the uh, high that, uh, that you just can't never put a price tag on or to do it i mean like i said i don't drink don't do drugs don't smoke and right. that's the only high i get i'm telling you but it's it's the best one ever <laughs> absolutely and it's it, it it seems like you know a lot of people it seems the second they get out of the race car they wish they could just go and do it again you know it's it's something that you don't want uh, you can't get enough of no, it's, it, it's over too quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially at Bowman Gray, you know, because those are some pretty uh, short races and things like that. They're not your, you know, five-hour long endurance uh, uh, marathons that you see at some of these NASCARs, especially when there's, like, uh, the rain delay like we saw at the 500. That was insane. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be in part of any of that. But the, uh-uh. the sta- stadium is pretty, in, it's in, pretty intense most of all the time. And, uh you gotta you gotta get all you can get as quickly as you can get it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll go ahead and ask you, uh, who was your favorite race car driver growing up? Uh, Silver Fox, David Pearson. Absolutely, that's a really good one. That's uh, you know, I haven't heard that from a lot of people, but that's a really good one, especially a lot of people from that era. They're really big Petty fans, but David Pearson, he was a he was a really cool dude. I mean, second all time in wins. He's he's one of the most legendary drivers. There is, and uh, in my opinion, one of the more underrated drivers there is. So that's a really good option. I really like that. Appreciate it. Yeah, he was, I just like he's hard charging, and uh, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he, he didn't take nothing from nobody. And he was just cool, you know? He, he just he just exuded cool factor. Everybody thought – back then, obviously, I wasn't around to watch, but, you know, going back and looking at it, he was way cooler than Petty. He just had that cool factor around him. Yeah, he was laid back. He would fly into the races and all that because he had his pilot's license. Very cool, dude. All right. Uh, where did you get your start? Like, what was the first real racetrack that you think you might have raced on? Uh, the first racetrack I ever raced on was at uh, Bowman Gray. I bought a car Absolutely. one night. I bought a, one, a car one night, and I was like, I was helping uh, Michael Clifton on his sportsman car. Mm-hmm. And a guy had a car for sale, and I bought it that night, went back, got a trailer, and brought it back and drove it the same night for like 500 bucks, a little buzz bomber. Yeah. And, uh, and it just took off the end. The uh, very first place I got my first win was Ace Speedway. The, the next Absolutely, year I, yeah. 
the next year I bought another car, another a four-cylinder car. It was a Pinto, and first time I ever drove the Pinto, it was a pretty good car. I bought it from Mike Cox, and it was a real, real good car, and uh, I won the first race I ever drove at Ace Speedway. Absolutely, yeah. We uh, That was our first interview we ever had in the show was with uh, the owners of Ace Speedway out there. That's a really cool track. We're hoping to get out there later, honestly, later uh, in March. Hopefully, they're going to be doing some testing, so that's going to be a track we're going to come out to alongside Bowman Gray. So what, what would you say your favorite tracks to race at uh, that aren't Bowman Gray? Do you have any favorite tracks? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Caraway. Uh, mm-hmm. I love I love Tri-County, and uh, Franklin County is pretty fun. Uh, that's, you know, the ones I really like a whole lot. Probably Tri-County probably the most funnest one I've ever had right to drive. I like the track, and uh, I like being able to drive underneath the bridge and all that stuff, and, you know, the tunnel. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's probably the funnest track. But uh, like Stadium uh, – I've been doing it for going on 30 years now. There's no place like Bowman Gray Stadium. Uh, 18,000 people every Saturday night. I mean, like I tell these guys that even when I was in Florida, I mean, they're like, oh, I was like, I'm just going to tell you, brother. I've raced on all these racetracks around probably the whole eastern seaboard. I raced on all of them. But yeah. you, ain't, you ain't never going to see that many people in one spot going to a racetrack. Yeah, I, I think that's really true. I remember because I grew up, I went to Bowman Gray a lot. And then uh, the first local short track I went to that wasn't Bowman Gray was I went up to South Boston Speedway. And, you know, that's a pretty famous short track. In fact, I'd say it's one of the one of the more legendary short tracks in our area. And I was really, I mean, I was like 10 years old, 11 years old. And I was so disappointed. The fans, they seemed like they didn't care. They sent like, they were like, oh, there it goes. You know, it seemed like there was no passion that you get at Bowman Gray. And I think that's really the big factor. If you guys have never been to a Bowman Gray race to all the listeners, that's the difference at Bowman Gray is, is the passion for the fans, the passion for the drivers and the promoters, everybody, they care about it more than you'll see at really any level. Yeah. The fans kind of get into it at the stadium. They, everybody has a really their favorite driver. And then, you know, after the races, they get to come down, you know, and get a t-shirt signed postcard and really get familiar with the drivers and the Mm -hmm. crews and the, you know, people going on, it's kind of like a family atmosphere, really, in a way. Mm-hmm. But the, the fans really get involved in the race, and they really, really, truly love their favorite driver. I mean, they, they're just like, you know, they, they're really – another racetracks are like, oh, yeah, well, he wrecked, okay. Well, I mean, they really, like, just, just pour their heart out into it. And kind of the same way the drivers do at the stadium. Everybody just – they pour their hearts out in these cars, and, the, and probably that's the reason the fans go there so much because they really pour their hearts out and want to be there every Saturday night to watch their favorite driver try to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and that that is really important. A lot of people don't seem to give that enough credit. I've been to so many local short tracks. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a short track, but Motor Mile, it's way up in Virginia. And not a lot of people have heard about it. But, you know, I used to go up there because my uncle used to race there all the time. Uh, but it seemed like the second the race is over, all right, you do the victory lane thing. All right, you pack the car up and you leave. You go home. Nobody really, there was no fanfare. There was no celebration, nothing. You'd, you'd hand them the trophy and they'd be like, all right, see ya. We're trying to get out of here before midnight, you know, and Boma Gray is not like that. The The show goes on for hours after the race ends. Yeah, it's like, you know, once you once you get on the podium, get your picture made and all that, and the races are over with, the fans come down and stands. I mean, Gray runs kind of like a tight ship. I mean, he wants mm-hmm. you to get started at 8 o'clock. He wants to be done by 11. But after eleven, he really don't it don't matter to him as long as he's got his races in. They're over with. The fans come down. I mean, it's sometimes twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning before we leave the racetrack. I mean, talking and I mean, this that's what I'm saying. It's just really mm-hmm. getting to, to know your fans and your, and the people. And like I said, it's a it's a good it's a good deal. I mean, really, just you get your face to face everybody. It ain't like the cup drivers. You know, you race and you never see them again, and 
you can't get down there and you got to buy these $200 passes and hot passes and this, and you never really get to see the driver. He walked right by you and not even sign your picture. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't like it at the stadium. Yeah. That's the difference is, you know, one, it's free. You're not paying some, you know, exorbitant amount of money to have a driver, you know, breathe the same air as you. And then you, you fall down fainting at a stardom. That's the difference is that these Bowman gray drivers, they are legends. They are famous, but they don't act like it. They, they know that their fans are the most important part of the racing. Yeah. Without them, there ain't been no racing. That's where racing really has gone. In mm -hmm. my opinion. I mean, like, you know, it's just the NASCAR is really just, really 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 hurt hurt the racing industry myself I, I think in my opinion because they got away from the grassroots of racing i mean mm -hmm. they really got rid of the the cars parking at the fence and the drivers coming up to the fence and getting their pictures and postcards signed and the fans give it a look at the cars and see stuff i mean it's just got they they've made it too much of a uh a corporation i'd say you know oh, absolutely let's, let's ching 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 let's go to texas where you look yeah. at the racetrack at north wilkesboro where there's grassroots of racing that hurt that whole community I mean, you know, it's, it's just you know, a lot of racetracks are, have died and gone that shouldn't never went away because that was what that was a whole lot of, you know, income for that for that county or you know that was that that track was in. Absolutely, North Wilkesboro. That's actually I was going to bring that up. NASCAR. It seems like for every you know one new fan they get, they lose three or four of the old fans. But these old fans, we were spending money. We were making the sport money. We were bringing this sport to the relevancy that it had. Uh, NASCAR, the, the only fans that were around after 2008, after the economic downfall, those were your OG fans. Those were the guys who've been around for years, who've been fans for life, not the ultra modern fans. And, you know, we see this with the, the next gen car. They're, they're going to have a sequential gearbox. I don't even, that really rubs me the wrong way. A sequential gearbox seems like just about anybody could get in that car and make some laps around Daytona at that point. And the center lock wheels. This is becoming like a, a Walmart version of Formula One and Indy, and I love those racing series because I love pretty much anything that's got four wheels and can move, but that's not what NASCAR is about. NASCAR is greasy. NASCAR is dirty. NASCAR, there's contact, and it seems like we're moving away from all that just to appease to a certain fan base that might not actually care or might not actually feel like they want to watch it at all. Yeah, there's a lot of people I know that don't even watch it anymore because it's just mm -hmm. boring. We got stage racing, we got this, and you won this stage, you won that stage, and now they're doing all this stuff and, and fuel injection, and not a carburetor. I mean, mm -hmm. and then the guys driving the cars. I mean, they all got to where they're at. I understand that, they're, they're, and I applaud them for doing that. But how many of them really has the talent to drive that can tell you how to work on that car that gets their hands dirty and really works on a race car and does it themselves? I guarantee you, ninety-five percent of them don't know to do it but show up with a helmet and a driving suit. They don't know <laughs> you know, I, they don't know nothing about a race car. And that's 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 something I think is becoming an epidemic in NASCAR. So many guys, they don't they know racing. They know how to get a good lap in, right? We see that a lot, but they don't know the first thing about cars, right? Um, the I was watching the new NASCAR, the the Netflix show, just because, well, it's kind of in my job description to talk about NASCAR and all the modern things that are happening. And some of the things that they were referencing just didn't make any sense. Like they were talking about, oh, the tie rods are too long. And I'm like, who wrote this script? Do you know the first thing about an automobile? Like that doesn't <laughs> even make any sense. Like, <laughs> and Yeah, it's just crazy, man. It's just, like I said, there's a lot of guys in there. That, in other words, just put, just put it just bluntly. 
a lot of some people may love him, some people may hate him, but he's passing, he's gone now. But there ain't no more Dale Earnhardt in this world. You ain't gonna you mm-hmm. ain't gonna get a you ain't gonna get a ride in NASCAR by true driving grit. You gotta uh-huh. have a big you gotta have a big bank pocket. You got and, you and, got millions of dollars you can get in a NASCAR ride, but if, if you can drive and you're five tenths faster than than another guy and you brought five million dollars with you, well guess mm-hmm. what? You're gonna stand on the corner and watch the race because the other guy's gonna get to ride. That's the thing I think really is hurting NASCAR. And I wrote an article about this a couple weeks ago is where do we draw the line between money, bringing money into the sport and bringing in the wrong drivers? Because I think you do have to be careful where let's say we only bring in the best drivers available. They're not going to have any sponsorship. What that's going to, in my opinion, end up doing is raising the ticket cost for fans, which is going to drive even more fans away. But on the other hand, if you only bring in the guys who are, um, who are bringing in money, but they drive like my grandma. Well, no one's going to want to watch that either. They're going to feel like, well, hell, I could build a car and go out there and do what they're doing. Yeah, there ain't no more. There ain't <laughs> no more. Uh, like I said, like like I told you, there ain't no more David Pearson, Kelly Kel Yarbrough, Kel Yarbrough, mm-hmm. Dylan Hurd, Bobby Allison's, uh, Glenn Wood. I mean, there there ain't there ain't any more guys out here that can can drive a race car and know how to work on a race car too. Them guys out there now, I mean. Like I said, they're, they're young guys and this and that, but I mean, they don't really truly don't know nothing about a race car. They just know how to get in and drive, and then that's why you got to have the crew chiefs to be able to figure them all out. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's just it's just a, a money marketing. That's what NASCAR is mm-hmm. coming to now. It's just a money marketing. We can market this guy, and we can get millions of dollars of sponsorship. That's just all it's about. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll go ahead and shift gears here. I was reading up on you, and I read that you have beaten Dale Earnhardt Jr. in a race before. Yeah, Caraway. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a really good track, in my opinion. I've only been out there, I think, once, but that's a really cool moment. And then, what do you think it takes to find greatness at Bowman Gray Stadium? What's the difference between Joe Schmo, who wins run race and then gives up, and guys like you, guys like Burt Myers? Uh, I, I guess you'd say the difference between me and people like that, and you know, people like me, Burt, Tim, Dylan, and you know a few other guys that's races over there is – we race with our heart and soul, mm-hmm. blood, sweat, tears. I mean, we're out, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning working on cars, getting stuff mm-hmm. together. I mean, we don't never give up. We don't never give up. I mean, we just keep trying to find speed, trying to find speed, you know, work on it and, and do this and do that. I mean, it just some guys it's like they show up and if they don't run good, I mean, they go onto another track. I mean, that's just, it's just a don't fact. Just like we went to race this year at Franklin County. Well, mm-hmm. me and Dylan, well, Dylan won and I finished second, but we run side by, I bet you, for in a 20-lap race for 15 laps. I'm talking door handle to door handle. <laughs> the Langley said that was the best show he ever seen, but the other guys are half a straightaway behind. Well, they were they were mad, but, you know, Dylan, we race different tracks. You know, we, we're all over. You know what I mean? I ain't just stuck at Bowman Gray. I mean, and Bowman Gray will, will, will hurt you in that way because it's like, you know, it, it gets you into a hat – bad habits i guess you could say you know get in get in low get in get in get in low get in you know that's mm-hmm. you know, on a big track you got to drive it off in there and let it roll up and get back in the gas and go but some guys just you know they don't they give up too soon and not you know not not carry on with it yeah a lot of people they seem to you know they'll go to a track once and then just never try it again if they don't do well or i mean some people they have they hold themselves to these really high uh expectations oh i didn't you know i only finished you know fifth or eighth or tenth and that's not good enough for him i'm not going to try again 
where's the passion? Where's the motivation? Where, where do you care about racing or not? And <laughs> that's what a lot of these guys need to start yeah, working yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I mean, that's what <laughs> you know, I, I have most passion in the world about racing. I mean, I love it to death, and, mm. and you know, I could if I love do it for a living, I'd love to, but it don't work out too good. But uh, like I said, we <laughs> just went to Florida down there, the, the world the World Series of racing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean we, we got our butts handed to us down there because there's a lot of stuff a lot of stuff we didn't know anything about i mean it's just a different ball game and different ball players until you figure Absolutely. out how to play their ball game and you're gonna be on the outskirts but but the thing about it is is you know i went and did it because i always wanted to do it it was just you know mm -hmm. one of the things i had on my bucket list i want to try i loved it it was fun it's a fast racetrack i mean it was fast and it's you know a whole lot of stuff that we didn't know we had to do when we got down there and kind of messes up a little bit but mm -hmm. i promise you we ain't giving up we'll more than likely, if the Lord sees fit and I'm still alive, we'll be going back again next year, and uh, we're going to see if we can't do a little bit better. I said, I, I don't, I, I ain't never one like to, to give up on anything. Absolutely. Well, you know, we'll be cheering for you down there in Florida. We want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Tommy Neal. Uh, no problem. Thank you. Like I said, I got to thank all my sponsors, Hayes Jewelers, Brad's Golf Carts, John Burrows, Philip Gossett, Landscaping and Nursery, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, DWR Dylan Ward for all his help and all the stuff he does for me. If it wasn't for him, I couldn't do what I do. And uh, just thank the good Lord above for everything that he gives me, blesses me with strength and work and keep going every day. Thank you so much. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to The Pit Stop on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com.